Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Chatting with Asta. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Vera. And uh, if you see this show, basically, we are, I am exploring different conversations with different people as an inspirational and informational resource. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to thumbs up, comment, subscribe, share, and uh, let's keep this conversation going. And today on my show, like I said, I have my friend Vera Kasaka, and she hi, is Asha. hi. She is a screenwriter and director, and just overall wonderful person. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Asta. I'm so excited um, <laughs> to, to talk to you today. Really, I really am. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it's um, you and I have been friends for so many years now that I don't even. I don't even know how we haven't had the face-to-face before. It's just so I know. crazy. I don't know. I, we never managed. And even when I was in New York, we somehow, we did not manage to to yeah. meet each other personally, which is a shame, but. Yeah, it's, but you, you are um, also of the admirers of my other guest, Siobhan Mitchell. We both work yes, with I am. the Creative Outsiders. So, yeah. And I'll make sure to. Yeah, link I love, I love, I love her her platform. It's just uh, she's doing such an incredible work with the creative outsiders, and she's just trying to connect all of these women in in film. And I I think she's just I, I I'm very inspired by by women like her and like you, really, um, trying to to create this sense of community community i think it's so beautiful yeah so i, I really appreciate both of you girls <laughs> we appreciate you it's so it's so important um i mean we met through the internet and just through the various things that we had in common liking in film but it is so important to have a context to seeing women in roles of leadership in film you know and you're such an ally um do you have any uh, uh female uh inspirations in film that brought you here to the first place um not really i have a very strange um my path was very non-linear yeah, yeah. Uh, coming to film actually but i would say nowadays because i see how much she works for building her own um empire i would say ava duvernay i think she's oh, a great yeah. example right now yes um, for several reasons, because um, she also started directing a bit later. Um, yeah, later. <laughs> she was 30, 32 or, or whatnot. And um, the way that she's developing her career as a creative, as a woman um, in leader, having this leadership role and also creating her production company, all of that motivates me a lot. And... I think it opens my mind and my eye thinking this is possible as well for me. Yeah. yeah. She's also um, very much about finding the, the social purpose in her art. Like it's not just about creating for creating sake, but she does have a big imagination, but like just the work that she's done, she knows the way she can teach empathy to others, how she can illuminate subjects that are socially active and that's really that's really important and especially coming from a woman i think that that's a voice that we want to hear um yeah definitely so i think that's a, a very important point but also the fact that she hires a lot of female directors yep. 
um, I think she has a couple of, of shows, right? Uh, Queen Sugar or something like that. I know she has, uh, she runs a few shows and the majority of them, if not all, are ran by women. Yeah. yeah. So she's also, she's putting a stamp um, in this, on this path for women, which I think is so important. When we have that, when we have that um, opportunity to choose and um, to choose our team, I think it's so important to also invite other women in, you know? Yes. Like dire directors of photography, uh, uh, directors, gaffers, everything, you know? Yeah, and, and not just like, I, I think that one of the arguments that's always made about women in film is, you know, inexperience. And I think that women need to be given the opportunity to have experiences and to fail and to learn from failure. Whereas I feel like it's so much more immediate that I see men be offered feature film directorial debuts after only having done a music video. But a woman needs to write a screenplay, direct, produce multiple projects before she's ever even noticed. You know. Oh, I definitely. I and I read a lot of articles about that, and I also read two books. Um, one was backwards and in, in heels. I don't know if you uh, heard about that about that book. Um, it talks about all of these women um, that were associated with film and that created film. Actually, there were a lot of women in the beginning of filmmaking, more than it is, uh, more women than uh, there exists now. Actually, and. A lot of studies show that, show that um, a guy can fail on his first feature film yeah. and he will be given a second chance. It's, he's more likely to being given a second chance. Uh, but if you're a woman, it's a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, Anne Hathaway said a few years ago that she realized that whenever men fail on a film scale, that they always look for the potential. But whenever women fail, they always focus on the failure. And I think that that's interesting because yeah. failure is how you learn, no? Like, I just, I just think that's great. But, you know, being, being this very uh, learned advocate for women in film and you are your own creative and you, you're very, uh, you directed a few films. Um, the, uh, was it On the Telephone with God is the English translation of the title. And yeah. Yves Piro was here. Um, do you want to talk about those projects? I know one is more surrealist, one and one is more like farcical comedy. So they're very yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them are comedies, but let me just uh, step back a little. Yeah. Um, actually, I, when I went to study um, cinema, I went to study script writing. Yeah. But I very soon learned that if I wanted to have my project made, made, I would need to become a director. Yes. <laughs> So um, that's why I became a director because I, I was just thinking, oh, okay, okay, shit, I have this stuff written yeah. and what is going to happen? Nobody's going to direct it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I started to think about all of the, the, the opportunities and I said, okay, I need to find a course that I can learn the basics of directing. And that's what I did. That's when I went to the School of Visual Arts and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do it. I will just direct my own films. I don't have much experience, but I'll do it. Yeah. And then when I came back to Portugal, I had the opportunity to direct on the phone we got, yes. and which was a very tough uh, project. 
we had very limited budget, very limited budget. Um, it was a very excruciating project actually um, because it was a very small production company, but it was a very big team, very large team. We had a big animal, it was very hot, all of these conditions. And actually I had never been on a real set of film. It was my very first time and it was my own film. And I was so nervous, I could not even sleep doing, during the pre-production and production because I knew everyone on set had more, ex more experience than I did. But I think that's how you grow and you develop. And it was really, really tough, Asta, because the pressure was so big. It was such a large team that I think on the third day, I was just crying uh, on set. But like I was hit, I hid myself behind a tree so nobody would see it. Um, but it was really um, tremendous amount of pressure. But it was beautiful now that I look back that, okay, I did it. Despite of not having all of the tools, and all, all of the knowledge, yeah. I'm happy that I did it, yeah. You, and, and honestly, like, before my first time, I, I had just acted on sets, but there's so much you, you don't always know, and you really only learn from being thrown into something. And, and I think that I had an emotional reaction as well, and as you did, but I think that's probably because we just cared so much about it going well, and, you know, you, you especially because you wrote, you wrote it down and you, you wanted it to come to life in the way that you, you pictured it, right? And I know that in my experience, I wrote it as well, but there were things that in the moment I had to just let go. Be like, okay, we can't do that, but okay, we'll do this. Like you, you just, this, this perfectionist inside you gets kind of you realize yeah, of course. it's your little baby and everybody was working so hard that I also felt for my team, felt for my yeah. team. And uh, yeah, I worried about the product. I worried that whether my team was okay or not, whether the actors were okay or not. Um, yeah, because the circumstances that we shot were really harsh, really were, yeah. Yeah, it looked, I, I mean, it's, it kind of reminded me of like kind of a spaghetti Western style just yeah. like look of it and so that that obviously you have to deal with the elements you have to deal with the kind of costuming the the, the different issues there and I mean hats off to you you got it done you got it done <laughs> we got it done I never say I got it done I always exactly. appreciate my team so much I always say we did it somehow um yeah, yeah. <laughs> the but, second so the second project but that one is I think it's more risky um um the, because it's a western and it's spoken in Portuguese and it's a comedy and it's it has some um, surreal elements yeah. of logic and fantasy. So I think, yeah, that project it's it's a bit more of um, yeah, I, I think it's a, bi a bit of a, a bigger a gamble. How can I put it? Yeah. Yeah, but the the, the second project. Um, again, I didn't have um, much resources, um, so I decided to shoot in my house. So the second film, which is If Guajo Was Here, is shot inside of my house. Uh, but again, it's like if you want to really work on a project and you have very limited means regarding money, budget, location, everything, you just find ways to do it. And yeah. 
yeah, that's, I, I thought of that and I was like, oh, hell with it. I'll just shoot it in my house. I mean, I'm yeah. going to write something that is uh, very low budget, but that I can work on my craft slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, I think writing within limitations has been the ultimate indie film way to go about things. You just, you create an exercise of, all right, if you have one set, one location, two, three actors, what can you do, right? That's like the minimum you can do. And I mean, that's, that's something that I, I always try to think about. And, you know, sometimes I can be a little ambitious, but yeah. And you also um, have been just working on writing and, and how did your journey start with writing? I do know, I read your interview with Siobhan I want to know more about this story with NASA. You want to tell people about that? Oh my God. Uh, sure. It's a very funny story and it's something that is very dear to my heart. Um, so for, 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 I come from a very tiny <laughs> uh, village or city, actually. I used to live in a small village. Um, well, now I'm really living in a village. I used to live in a small city. And there was just this random competition on the radio saying that you could write a fiction um, story and they would take you to NASA. But, you know, for me, it would be something so outstanding that I'd never thought I would win. Like, honestly, yeah. honestly, because I was too young. Um, and I was just happy to write the story yeah. and I sent the story to the radio and I'm so old school that back in the days I did not even have, uh, internet. So <laughs> I just checked the, um, the, the require requirements later on. And they said, oh, you have to write it on a laptop or whatever in a computer format, of course. And I written by hand, 12 pages by hand. So I was like, oh, okay. I didn't win for sure. Months later, they called me and I could not remember. Really, I could not remember that I had um, applied myself in this competition. And they said, yeah, you're going to, to fly to, to the United States and uh, you're going to visit NASA. And I, I was crying, I was bawling and I could not. And my mom said, what happened? What happened? Why are you bawling? Because I could not tell anyone. I'm very shy and I'm introvert. And when I, you know, I'm ambitious, but I never tell anyone anything. <laughs> and I'd never told my parents that I applied to this competition. And my mom said, what, is ha what happened? And I said, oh, mom, it's just like a dream came true. And she's like, are you going to the States? Because I always wanted to visit the United States. And I said, yes, I'm going to the United States. I'm going to NASA. And yeah, I think that was the first time I, I've written um, really a project and a story in characters i was 17 yeah it was beautiful wow that's so incredible i i grew up near nasa in houston oh i went to the i went to florida oh florida florida got it but yeah, yeah it, that's wow that's so cool i mean and that being like your first visit to the united states and i mean that's that's incredible i know that my mom she visited the united states before moving here when she was about that age and she went to Statue of Liberty in New York, she visited Chicago. So she got to see like kind of the best of the best. <laughs> but yeah, things are, things are really, um, really different right now. Uh, how have you been holding up in general? I mean, you're, you're, you're in Portugal right now, correct? 
I'm in Portugal right now. I I was in I was in New York City. Actually, I was in Texas. I did a road trip about a year and a half ago. I was there. Yeah. Um, but now I've been here. But I always I I always want to go back to to New York. And but right now I'm in Portugal. I'm I'm trying to hold up. You know, Asta. It's very tough times everywhere. Yeah. It's not just in the United States. Uh, it's everywhere. It's here in Europe. Just worldwide. And um. It's it's tough. I'm a bit anxious about everything, but I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I'm I'm doing like gratitude journals. I'm trying to meditate and I'm doing yoga. I think it's very helpful as well, uh, because as an artist, I suffer with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. But just the current situation is just it's just difficult, and um, I have to talk about it. I'm really sorry to bring it up, but I have to talk about the George Floyd situation. Um, it has very big repercussions worldwide. It's not, it's not just the United States. It also had here in Portugal. And um, I feel it a lot because my father passed away two and a half years ago. And um, he was a black man. And yeah, we, we struggled with, with racism. And um, we had conversations inside of our house and growing up, being a daughter of a mixed race couple. And um, yeah, I, I'm struggling with it right now, but I'm trying to shed some light on the subject, talk with a few of my friends that are open. Yes. Not all of them are open. Um, and I think we have to keep the conversation, yes. really. Yeah, and, and I've been having these conversations even with close friends in, in my you know, community, the Latin community. Like there is a huge prevalence of, um, yes, racism, but under that umbrella, colorism, like the mm -hmm. layer of darkness and the sense of superiority. And, you know, I, it's a sensitive subject for me um, because I, I do, I have always recognized my privilege. I have always grown up knowing that some reason I get treated better than my own mother. Some reason um, people will treat me like, uh, you know, Daisy Duke, like, like, just like the sweet. And then you know, I have ex experienced prejudice, but it is, it is, um, there are repercussions that I feel people will, it, it, it resonates because it's something that should not have happened. And it, and we live in an age where things are witnessed and recorded and verified. And so it's like kind of our duty as storytellers to continue to share those stories, continue to talk about what they mean and find ways to translate them you know, like, how many more allegories can we make? How many more, you know, George Orwell, 1984, Animal Farm type stories can we tell? Right. We have to be direct now. And I think it's good that you brought up Ava because I feel like she is direct. She picks real stories, you know, real stories, or she picks classic fiction and turns it on its head. And I think it's it's important to talk about it for sure. I mean, it's... And, and anxiety is unfortunately like something that is a double-edged sword as an artist, right? It kind of fuels you, but it can, yeah. it can also cause issue. Like it can make it difficult to process so much, so much, you know? It's, it's difficult when it paralyzes you. I think yeah. that's the, the problem with anxiety. I think if it fuels you, which fuels me a lot, yeah. But if it's um, if I'm overwhelmed by anxiety, then I I start to to sink a little, and yeah. that's that's my 
my personal struggle actually it's um trying to find that balance which i often do not find <laughs> um there's no it's no balance <laughs> but you know it's trying to find the tools to pull me out of that yeah i think that's the the you know yeah you've always been good we i mean we've always been able to talk uh, very candidly about just like how sometimes it just sucks and sometimes you just need someone to reciprocate yes it it sucks like right now yeah. i mean the acknowledgement of it you know yeah. to acknowledge it yeah not to dismiss it because i feel like every yeah. major issue political social just like this it's because people gaslight you or they tell you no 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 just go out in the sunshine go run go but sometimes i mean you and i have talked I have a mental disorder that I cannot help myself and I have exactly. chosen not to be medicated you know and 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 maybe sometimes I'm like oh I wish I was on medication but uh there, there are so many battles that many of us go through that we can't dismiss it so all we can do is acknowledge you know oh oh I feel you <laughs> I feel you really it's just the acknowledgement and having somebody that feels empathy towards you knowing that a lot of um, mental health issues, you cannot control it. Some are born with you, some are due to trauma, uh, yeah. but it's it's part of you and you have to acknowledge it. And um, yeah, finding these tools to help you out and find somebody who perhaps also struggles, somebody who really understands how shitty it is yeah. <laughs> to go through this. Um, yeah, because it's not... Um, all roses all the time um, as social media social media sometimes portrays to be it is not yeah it's not. no and I and I try to do my best to remind people who choose to follow me that like this is just the stuff I feel like permanently putting out and I, I have the right to take anything down you know what I mean um, but it, it is a burden even with social media like it's such a burden these days, especially because you feel such a vigilance that you need to hold, that you need, that the people, you know, there are times where all I want to do is, is cry when I, when I think about these things and I think about how useless that is and to share and that people are asking me, Asta, what do you think of this? Or, and I, I have a duty and sometimes that duty pulls me out of the darkness, you know? So. Um, yeah, it's it's a very strange world nowadays, but actually, um, after I think perhaps starting tomorrow, I'm going to do a social media break. Yeah. I did one in March for a month and it was just a burden that was, you know, it just felt so peaceful. I read so many books, which I haven't read so much as I read back in March. and. Um, I think I'm not against social media. I use social media, I use Instagram, but um, when you go down into this rabbit hole of just comparison and, and overwhelm of information, now I know, like we were talking just a few minutes ago about these tools and how to manage, now I know that it could be a trigger for me to not feel good. So I know that I want to take a step back and I will do probably July or even June, July. I'll be, I'll be, I'll try to be off of social media for a while. Yeah. Center myself again as a human being, as an artist and take a step back. 
And also I noticed when I was off uh, Instagram and social media that I called my friends much more and I visit them. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's uh, not unlike what I'm going through right now. I mean, doing this show, this is my main source of like keeping in touch, but after the camera is stopped recording, I'm still talking to people and I feel like I've talked to more people now and made more of an effort than prior to all the shutdown because I, yep. I, I'm very fortunate that I live with my husband and that I have a companion to talk to, but I also think it's important to stay engaged. And sometimes you can't tell someone's tone through social media. You can't tell. And, and, and I have so many friends that are, being uprooted from where they are because they cannot live with inconsiderate roommates. They cannot, you know, deal with um, all of this upheaval. And uh, people like you, um, people like me and, and our friend Siobhan, like we've been through so much in our lives already at this point that we have developed an understanding of the tools that we need. But some people, that's where you pass it forward. And so for me, I felt like this, burden of helping people understand how trauma is something that will not shake off like this is tra traumatizing everyone yeah so it will live with you even after the lockdowns are over it will live with you because you will have been snuffed in a moment it will Definitely. live so on that note i wanted to ask you the question i ask all my guests which is what message would you like to share with the universe today? Uh, it's an easy one, Asta. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Just two words, just two words. More empathy. More empathy. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we live in a very individualistic society and I think that people have forgotten how to engage and that yeah. those two words yeah. are everything. That's it. More empathy, you know, more empathy. There's always two sides to the story. Just try to open up. Just be yes. more open, more kind, you know, yeah. empathy. I agree. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Vera. Oh, thank Vera. you so much for having me. Lovely as usual. And I'm so glad that we, uh, we did this. And please stay safe, okay? Okay. Thank you, Asa. Take care. Me too. More empathy.